actually all week I've been just kind of asking, Lord, what was the word for the, for the week? And the whole word that I kept hearing was the fearless ones, becoming the fearless ones. And, and I love like just the worship was about the boldness, you know, the boldness of, of who we are as sons and daughters. And I am royalty. I have destiny. Come on. I have been set free. So I'm just really excited about the word this morning. And, uh, you know, I haven't shared this in a while, but I feel like this morning I just want to do a really quick, quick refreshing on this because I think it's really important because we're going to talk about being a fearless one. And what does it look like to be a fearless one? And, and, and part of, um, there is a, a, how can I say, um, when I was younger I used to do a lot of bad things. And I was really, really, I, I had this fearlessness about me that I didn't care what happened, but it was just, it was just, it was, it was stupidity, really. But I wasn't afraid. Like, I didn't worry about the consequences. I, like, if I was going to go to jail, I didn't care. Like, I would prepare myself to go to jail. If I was going to get hurt, I would prepare myself to get hurt. You know, so there was something about the fearlessness, fearlessness that I had. But in the kingdom of God, there's a boldness that we have in the kingdom. So I want to talk about being bold for the kingdom. Being, what does it look like? But before we can be fearless, we have to know what it, what it is it is to be fearless. And I call this the four pillars. I call this because uh, it's really important because we must know who we are, sons and daughters. This is the truth, guys. You know, we, we go around at times and we, we, we tend to, to base our walk with the Lord on, a, on how many times we go to church. Well, who are you? You know, and, and I can ask, like, we ask that question. And I'll ask one right now. Who is God? Who is God? And every single person in this room will have a, a picture of who God is in their life. Some people will have a picture that God is, he's an angry God who's waiting for us to make a mistake. Some of us will, will have, maybe depending on the way we grew up, if you had a real hard childhood, you may see God as like some, some person who's, who's bipolar. I'm, I'm being just, because how we, we live is how we see God. So when I ask you a question, who is God? God is love. God is love. And if we know the nature and the character of God, then everything that we do, everything we prophesy, everything we pray, how we speak, how we witness, how we preach is going to come from a place of knowing God's character. And God is love. Okay? The second thing we have to know is who are we? Who are we? And this is where sometimes we say, well, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. Well, yeah, that's a characteristic. You believe in Christ. You're a Christian. I'm not asking people how many times you go to church, how many times you pray, but who are you? We're sons and daughters of the Most High. You see, you have to understand this. This is the biggest part because if you know who you are as a son, you will function in the fullness of being a son and a daughter. If I'm a millionaire, I'm going to act like a millionaire. Think about it. 
I'm going to walk in. I'm not gonna, I probably won't even go to Walmart no more. No, I'm just kidding. But you get what I'm saying. Can you imagine just being able to walk into a place? Let me have that car. Let me have that truck. Uh, yeah, get one for my mom too. You, you want one? And just going in and getting what you want because why? Because you know what you carry in the bank. So knowing who you are as a son is important. So we know God is love. And if I know that my father is love and I know that I'm a, I'm a son of the, of the most high, the next question I ask you is this. What have you been given? Now I want you to think about this for just a second. What have you been given? As a son and daughter, you have been given everything that the kingdom has and what it offers. See, that I was just talking about being a millionaire, and I, I say this to be true. If, if I had all kinds of millions in the bank, I would really probably, you know, I would, of course, sow into missions and plant churches and all that kind of good stuff, but I would buy a Harley Davidson for every day of the week. Like, I would have one for every day because I could. And I know that probably would be bad spending, but I would, I would have unlimited money in the bank, right? Because, so what we've been given here is we've been given all authority of heaven. That means that the same power and authority that, that, that God, Jesus has, is inside of you. You carry the DNA of heaven inside of you that everywhere you get to go, you get to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven. I mean, literally, listen to that. I, I, I love the, the, the story when, when, when Jesus is walking down the streets, right? He's walking, he's strolling, and all of a sudden, what happens? The demons begin to yell, oh! They just start yelling. Jesus wasn't doing nothing. He was just walking down the street. But he carried the kingdom everywhere he went. That, that because, because of the kingdom that was inside of him, the authority, when he took a step, it became sovereign ground. And that land now became the kingdom of heaven. So everywhere the kingdom goes, heaven becomes manifested. And that means where there's light, there can't be darkness. Jesus. So, we know who we are, sons. We know what we've been given. So now the, the other question I ask you is this. What are we doing with what's been given? Because, see, the message is called the fearless ones today. How do you spend an inheritance that somebody gives you in the natural, you would go and you would spend it at the bank. But in the, in the spirit, there's an inheritance that's been released to you and I. You carry the very authority of heaven inside of you. And it's, it, it, that's what's been given to you. So how do we spend it? How do we, how do we spend an inheritance? You get to do it by praying for people. Praying for the lost. 
praying for the sick. Seeing, seeing people get set free. Everywhere you go, you get to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven. So I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures because we've got to make this legal. You know, religion will get you to believe that you have to do something to get something. That you have to do something to get something. Is there somebody dealing with a pain in your stomach right now? Somebody's dealing with a pain in your stomach right now? Come here real quick. I can feel the pain. Holy Ghost. See, we're going to spend inheritance right now. You see? Where does it hurt you, bro? Yeah. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we come against an infirmity. We come against this attack on the body. And I command this body to align itself with heaven. Right now, in the name of Jesus, pain, leave this body. Infection, leave this body. Any viral infection, leave this body. Right now, in the name of Jesus, right now, body, be submitted to the kingdom of heaven. Now, in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Amen, bro. Holy Ghost. You see, there's nothing that we can do, nothing that you and I can do to add to what Jesus has done. So I'm going to say another thing that might bother some people, but there's nothing that you can do that will get yourself into heaven. Nothing. Jesus did it already. He finished it. Now we get to walk our salvation. Now we get to walk in this, in this, this journey of, of, of walking with the Lord. <clears throat> Let's turn to Romans uh, 4, 20, 4, 20. See, it's important that we know who we are, who God is, and what we've been given. Because to become a fearless one, you got to know the power and the authority that we carry. Verse 20 says this. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Not It was not written for his sake alone, but that it was imputed to him. But for, also, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Really quick, I ask a question, you know, sometimes when I go and I minister, and, and this is, and I'll ask you, how many of you in this room believe you're as righteous as Jesus? Come on. Amen. Sometimes we go to places, they, they don't understand that question. And I'm, I'm, I'll, be, I'll admit it, I remember when my, my pastor told me this one time. Whoa, 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 wait, what do you mean? I could never, no, 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 don't, you, don't compare me to Jesus. 
because, but we have to understand what the scripture is saying right here. It says, but for also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus from the Lord, from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and also raised up again for our justification. The righteousness of heaven was imputed into you and I. And because it was, it, it's part of who we are, the word righteousness means to be in right standing, to be made right. When Jesus died on the cross, he made you and I right. Therefore, we walk as the righteousness of heaven, carrying the authority of heaven that everywhere we go, we become ambassadors, a sovereign land, and we get to declare the kingdom of heaven as the fearless ones. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So now, let's start the message. <laughs> let's turn to Acts 3. You guys okay? Come on, Jesus. Holy Ghost. Man, I feel, I feel stirred up. Ah! Oh, I feel stirred. Holy Ghost. How's your stomach feeling over there, sir? Feels a little bit better. Come on. Double, double, Jesus. Fix it. Okay, we're going to start in Acts 3. Um, and here in Acts 3... We see Peter and John, they're about the Father's business. They're on the way to the temple for a 3 o'clock prayer meeting, okay? We know the story. They're on the way for a 3 o'clock prayer meeting, and they enter into the gate named Beautiful. At that moment, they stepped into a divine appointment with the Lord. Acts 3, I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in a three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from, from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked him for some money. And Peter, John, Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The, man, the lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with all of them. Well, he went into the temple with them, and all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized that it was the lame beggar they had seen often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, Solomon's porch, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter and John. We're talking about being a fearless one. That's about being a fearless one. Come on. You know that gate beautiful and the Aramaic, the word beautiful is referred to as wonderful. 
the wonderful gate. Um, and if you look into the word, the word wonderful, if you read in the scripture, it kind of goes and it, it points to this is the gate that is referred to as Jesus. It points to Jesus as this gate. And then it also gives, it doesn't give a, a, a precise, um, an accurate look at it, but it says that this is also believed to be the gate that, that Ezekiel talks about, where the river would run underneath the gate. Wonderful. So when this man gets healed, it speaks about the river. He was in the river at the gate, beautiful, the wonderful gate. There was something about what God was trying to do at this moment. So when we look at when we look at Acts 3-4, we see a crippled man. He was the beggar. Now I want to bring us into our day and our, our time. Because see, <clears throat> even in our day right now, there is a generation out there that is spiritually crippled. We got we got to think what is God saying right now? There's a generation that is spiritually crippled. And what's happened is many of the believers, many of us, have agreed with the lies of the enemy and we've even taken up his identity. See, that's why it's important what we talked about in the beginning about knowing who God is. Because if we know who we are, the devil will have nothing in us and can find nothing in us. See, the devil will come and mess with our minds He'll mess with us. He'll, he'll mess with our thoughts and our whispers. Some people will put their identity in their wives. Listen, I know people that, that literally won't make a decision. They won't do nothing because they're afraid that what their, their wife or their husband's going to say. No, mind you, listen, I'm, I'm not talking about moving out of dishonor. I'm talking about, about making them their idols. That, that, that's, a, that's a way the enemy can come in. There's a generation that is spiritually crippled. There's a generation who has been shown a belief system that is not from the Father's heart. You know, I, I, I can honestly say, man, I praise God for the seasons that I've been in these past, this past year. Because the Lord has taught me how to just love and mature. And I've been in a season of maturing. I have been. I've made mistakes. But in the, in the, the mistakes that you make, you grow. It teaches us how to love. It teaches us how to, to, to walk in love. It teaches us how to see how God sees. Listen, that's a big thing. That's a huge thing. <laughs> like. God doesn't see people a certain way. God sees, like, he looks at me and all my mess. He's like, man, I love you so much. Let me dust you off a little. you got some things you got to work on. But it's okay. That's how God sees us. Jesus. There's a generation right now that is spiritually dying. They're dying, guys. They're waiting for you and I to show them a better way. They're waiting for you and I to give them Jesus. 
It's so important. Listen, everywhere you go, listen, everywhere you go, you can, if you just take a moment, and I encourage you, one day if you just kind of go out to eat at a little restaurant, sit down and just look around. And you'll see people that are hurting and they're broken. And ask the Lord to show you. Ask the Lord to show you what it is. Acts 3.9, we see, um, <clears throat> in Acts 3.9, we see uh, um, the beggar. He's healed immediately. When he prays, Peter and John, they pray. And it says that the beggar was healed. And what was it? What did he do? It says he jumped and he shouted and he began to praise God. He began to praise God and he shouted. And it says the people were astounded. They looked and like they were amazed at what they had just seen. They were amazed. There's no difference from what, what happened there that can happen now. There's no difference, guys. You know, one time I remember that uh, we're from San Antonio, Texas, and we went downtown. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the Riverwalk, but the Riverwalk is a beautiful place in the middle of downtown San Antonio, Texas. And uh, we're there, and I'm right there in the middle of Commerce Street. I mean, it's the, one of the most busiest places you'll ever see. Thousands and thousands of people. And I'm there, and there's a man, a young young man that's there, and he 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 begins to he's like singing and he's doing some stuff, right? And so I, I walk up to this man and I begin to prophesy a word. And I gave him a word about his destiny. I gave him a word about about what the Lord was going to do with him. And I began to tell him things that he had been doing and stuff that only him, the Lord, knew. And then all of a sudden, this guy freaks out and he gets like astonished and he was amazed and then he began to say wow praise God and then he says and I gave him a word about him being a rapper so then he starts rapping right there in the middle of downtown he's like boop 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 and he's going and he's flowing and he had the whole yeah, I mean, he, he was doing the part people start coming up from the river it's not a river like you think. It's like a, you know, they're coming up from a, a major city. They're coming around. And all of a sudden, if you're reading the word, it says that people begin to gather around Peter and John. And it says that the man grabbed onto Peter and John, and he held on to him. So the same way, people began to gather around what this man was doing. And as they were coming up the, 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 the stairs, Alice was standing there. And then the Lord began to highlight people as they were walking up. And she, this woman comes up, and she says, ma'am, did you know this, 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 this? And all of a sudden, this woman breaks down in tears. And she's crying. And she's got her daughter. And then another person comes up over here. One of our other teams, is they're hitting, they're prophesying. So we had about eight people being prophesied right there. Had a man breaking out and revival. And then what happened was people began to crowd us. They began to gather all around. And San Antonio is a tourist town. 
So people began to think we were some kind of superstars. They began to take videos and photos. They started gathering around with their phones like this. But because they were astonished by what God was doing. There's no difference than what Jesus did then and what we can do now. Listen, some of us are going to go out to eat after this service. What's stopping you from being a fearless one to pray for those people? Sit back and look, God, who needs prayer? I had a, a really good friend of ours that I went to be the, with the Lord. His name was Paul Kane. And I remember Paul telling us a story about how he had gone to a restaurant and he was eating with a brother. And uh, as he was sitting down, Paul began to say, you see that person over there? He says, yes, sir. He says, he's dealing with, with depression. He just lost his wife. He's wanting to commit suicide. He said, you see that lady over there? She just got diagnosed with cancer, stage four. You see that person over there? She's so in a custody battle with their son and their daughter. And he began to point out all these things. And the gentleman asked Paul, he said, Paul, why are you, like, why is God showing you all these things? If you're not going to pray for them, he says, no, I'm going to pray for them. But he says, why would God show you all these things? I even asked that question too, like, why would God show you bad things? Sometimes. And this is, what, this is what the response was. He's, because he likes to share things with his friends. He likes to share the secrets with his friends. So I encourage you one day, if you're out, sit back. Ask the Lord, Lord, who in this place needs prayer? Who needs to hear a word from the Lord? And watch what happens. Um, Jesus. We see in Acts 3, verse 12. Let's read this. It's the, it's the boldness of heaven. It's the boldness that comes and rests upon Peter. It comes in and just rests on Peter. See, we're talking about being the bold ones, the fearless ones. So in Acts 3, it says, uh, And Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us through? And why stare at us though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought, brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected his holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. This is Peter being very boldly proclaiming to the people in the temple who just 50 days before denied Jesus. 
He just denied him. Now he sits in the temple and he's telling everybody, this is my God. This is my Jesus whom you killed. See, something about the boldness of heaven came and rested upon him. Ah, come on. See, I can tell you on my, on my, for me, the same boldness he's talking about, I, I, I was shot in my stomach by an AK-47. Came on my back. I lived a horrible life, organized crime. That's my testimony. That's my boldness that I can say that Jesus healed me. He got me and he picked me up from a place where I was dead, picked me up, and he positioned me for a time like this to tell the whole world about his goodness. See, that's the goodness of God. That's how amazing he is. So that's why everywhere I'll go, I don't care where I'm at. Listen, I was in Las Vegas. I was in in the middle of Las Vegas. I don't know if you've ever been in Vegas. Super packed. I stood there in the middle of Las Vegas Square, and I began to proclaim the kingdom of heaven. Who needs to be healed? Healing, come on down. The Lord's going to heal you right now. Who's got to... And we began to go, and people in, in Las Vegas thought we were crazy. But people started coming, started gathering around, started praying for laying hands, healing, virtue, pow. People would get healed in the name of Jesus. People from all over. We got to be the fearless ones, the bold ones. Bryan, Ohio, Mount Pillar. Napoleon, wherever you go, we do it when we go to the restaurants. The waitress will come and bring us our tab. And all of a sudden, ma'am, does your ear hurt? Yeah, it does. Boom, can I pray for you? Yeah, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Ears open. Oh, my God, what's it? God does those things. But you will not know unless you step out. You have an inheritance. Who is God? God is love. Who are you? I'm a son and I'm a daughter. What have you been given? All of heaven. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? You see people in the crutches. You see people with slings. You just let them walk by. Why? It's not their will, God's will for them to be healed. I mean, to to, to be ill. Listen, if you have the cure for cancer in the palm of your hand and the person with cancer was standing in front of you, would you let them just walk away or would you say, man, let me give you what you need? Guess what? You have what they need. You have the very thing that they need. Man, I feel the anointing of the Lord. Matthew 10, 8 says what? Raise the dead. Heal the sick. 
cleanse the leper, cast out the demons. The power and the authority. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, I am not a God of talk, but a God of power. That means everything that heaven has is inside of you, the righteousness of heaven. That everywhere you go, you get to be an ambassador of the kingdom. So we see the boldness of Peter coming. Now, we have to understand because we know God is love and we know the character of God. We know that everything he does for us is in love. Even when he corrects us, it's because he loves us. And and I, I speak as a parent. You know, there was times that I could tell my sons, listen, it's not a good idea for you to do this. And they would still do it, and something would happen. Now, when they would fail, they would do this thing. I wouldn't go and say, what's the matter with big dummies? I told you. What's the matter with you? Are you crazy? See, you don't listen. That's why that happened. Or could I? I told you. You need to pay attention next time. Come on. There's a difference. See, some of us see God that way. Some of us see God as like as soon as we make a mistake, we're like, true but he loves us this is the righteous man falleth seven times but he gets right back up it's the fact that God, that the Lord says it's okay you made a mistake but get back up turn away from that sin turn away the word repent means to, to turn away from but see too many of us are going around beating people on the head about the gospel. And listen, if we don't have the lenses that we're going to give up, we're going to misrepresent the Father's heart. We'll misrepresent the Father's heart. And I say this because I speak out of my own life. When I was involved in all the bad stuff that I was in, if somebody would have come to me and told me, a judgmental, I probably would have hurt them or just told them, get out of my face. But when somebody told me, listen, I just want you to know that there's a God that loves you and he loves you so much that what you're doing right now, that's not who you are. God created you for a purpose, for a time, and a destiny. And he wants you to know that you are marked by heaven. Immediately, there's a seed that is planted inside of me that, that says, wait a minute, that's not who I am. I'm a son. And the Lord will begin to water that. He'll water that. Jesus. Let's read uh, in Acts 3.18, we see that Peter, he brings correction and he tells the Israelites to repent and to turn to God. 
verse 17, he says, Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did before Jesus was done in ignorance. Listen to that. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer for these things. And then he says in 19, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then the times of refreshment, oh gosh, hold on. Then the times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he again will send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. The reason why I'm sharing this is because as you become a fearless one, and you're that fearless one, and you're in the marketplace, as you begin to tell people about Jesus, you must know that he is love. God is love. And if we see God from that lens, then when you begin to speak to people, they will encounter Jesus and they won't be afraid of him. I love the way the passion says it. I'm going to read the same thing. In verse 17, he says, My fellow Jews, he says, I realize that neither of your leaders realize the grave mistake you've made. But in spite of what you've done, God has fulfilled what he foretold through the prophets a long time ago. Come on. Did y'all get that? Even to the very end, this is what, even when Jesus hung on the cross, that's what he was saying. You see, we look in verse 17, he says, My fellow Jews, I realize that neither of you nor your leaders realize the grave mistake you have made. And then we see in Luke 23, 24, when Jesus says, while he's hanging on the cross, Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. All the way to the cross, he says that. That's a big deal. Jesus. All right, I'm about to close up, guys. Jesus. Can I get Peter out here to worship, please? It says that, that Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then he divided his garments and they cast lots. And then verse 19, it says, and now you must repent and turn back to God so that your sins will be removed and so that times of refreshings will stream from the Lord's presence and he will send you Jesus, the Messiah, the chosen one for you. This morning, I really believe this. This is what the Lord is saying. You know, last week or the week before, we talked about the Lord was bringing us out of the caves He was bringing us out of the caves and into the nest. He's calling us the fearless ones. He's calling those to to step out of your box. Listen, 
if we want to see revival hit this nation, if we want to see revival hit this city, we're going to need to step out. And it may look different for every person in this room. Whether you're going out to the marketplace, man, go. Peter and John went, and they were about their father's business. And they saw somebody who needed something. Silver and gold, I have none, but what I do have, I'll give. And they gave him Jesus. And when they gave him Jesus, the kingdom became manifested. And when it became manifested, the man was healed. And people were astonished. If you're walking in Walmart parking lot, you see that little old lady or person in the wheelchair. Man, what happened? Oh, I had this happen. Listen, I don't want to sound weird, but I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus, and I believe you can be healed today. Would you allow me to pray with you? You got to be the bold one. And guess what? If they say no, it's okay. Many rejected Jesus. Count it joy. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Jesus. He's calling us to be the bold, the fearless ones. He's calling the ones who are not afraid or ashamed to love. To bring hope to the hopeless. Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Father. Jesus. Just close your eyes. Just close your eyes, guys. Thank you, Lord. Father, this morning, God, I ask for just a, your boldness, God, to be upon us, Lord. Lord, even now, God, as, as we stand in agreement this morning, God, Lord, we ask that you would just make us the fearless ones that you've called us to be, God. And I thank you, God, that every person in this room, every person watching online, God, I thank you for the seeds that are being planted, Lord. And I thank you for the promises, God, that have been spoken over every person, God. Lord, even now, God, we just say, even now, Lord, that you would bring those things, those words to fruition, God. And I thank you, God, for revival, God, that you're going to bring in this city and this nation, God. I thank you for the awakening that you're doing, God, even with the presidency, God. I thank you, God, for the justice of heaven, God, that's being released over this nation. Right now, God. Father, I thank you, God. And I pray for every person in this room, Lord. 
Lord, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. And I, listen, right now, this is, this is between you and the Lord. If there's anything that you need to repent for unto the Lord right now, just begin to give that to the Lord right now, right there where you're at. It doesn't matter what it is. Father, we repent, Lord, and we turn our ways, Lord, and we no longer look backwards, Lord, but that today would be a brand new day, God. A brand new day, Lord. That your mercies are new every morning. For those that are watching right now. Right now, in Jesus' name. Jesus. I thank you for the fragrance of heaven. Breathe them in.